0: Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers Eleven. I hope you're safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you know every time we put new videos on. As always, we'd like to thank our channel sponsors, Untuckit. Check them out in the description below. Lots of Black Friday deals for your Untucked shirts and T-shirts and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for them. We have another X Hammer. Playing for playing for us, uh, talking to us today, Um very very honoured. Um, every time we get an ex-West Ham player on today's guest, um, he played. Now I figured it out, Tom. It was exactly a hundred appearances you made for the club in total across all competitions, apparently, including the full members clubs and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> it's Mr. Tom McAllister. How are you, How are you, Tom?
1: Ross, I'm very well, thank you. Um, nice to be talking to you and chatting with you. Well,
0: nothing else to do at the moment, is there? We're all locked down again, so it's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you if you put it like that, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. If it, we hadn't uh, haven't been locked down, we'd have still chatted anyway. How How are you, Tom? In this of weird world we're living at the moment.
1: Um. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm fine. I'm doing okay. Um. I've had a couple of bad mm, What you call circumstances? A few years ago, but I'm sure for those, okay. My health's fine. I'm doing okay. Good
0: good that's the main thing isn't it? as long as your health's okay at the moment but yep. uh but yes and obviously i mean we're in this weird world at the moment but you know the football's still carrying on so that's all who right. he's got something to moan about haven't we, at the moment but
1: uh certainly certainly the football these days and um things like vr give it let you moan about it that's for sure
0: <laughs> it's something different to distract the public's You know rather than all the doom and gloom with everything around the virus it's it gives us a distraction doesn't it for 90 minutes and probably about two days afterwards going through and looking at salad diving or son diving or var and oh dear keeps us on our toes isn't it tom
1: it does indeed oh it's always been the same um as far as i can remember the football it's the match day and then two or three days afterwards analyzing and who was right and who was wrong then you go on to the next match
0: yeah so true It's so true and even more so at the moment because obviously we've got the international break now but you know there's there's a procession of of games every day is you know and so there's always something more to talk about to add to the pot so it it keeps us all on you know on our toes and keeps us um when that when we had that sort of 100 days of no premier league football it was like it was awful wasn't it
1: it was like like a a elongated um end of season wasn't it yes you know that's you're just thinking, well, it was starting a few days, or it was starting a couple of weeks, and it just seemed to go on forever and ever and ever. And um, it was very, strange, very yeah,
0: strange. It was, it was, it was. And then we had that sort of deluge of games, didn't we? Almost like a, it was almost like a World Cup, wasn't it? It was like every day, like four games and that, and I couldn't keep up. To be honest, I'm, I'm glad it settled down a little bit. To be fair, but uh, yeah. And West Ham are doing all right at the moment, aren't we?
1: They're doing good. They're doing very good. Um, I, I don't think they're doing any more than a reasonable person would expect him to do.
0: No. You
1: know, I think when they're struggling a little bit, people are very surprised at that. Certainly people who've been associated with the club. I think they're doing okay and I think they'll have a good season, yes.
0: Yeah, I think we will. I think uh I think your man Maurice has got a got a bit of a tune out of him and I think he's the right man for the job. I'm very um it just seems you know, I mean we talk about you know when, when new managers come in and new regimes and stuff they talk about a project don't they we want to want to start a project or, or players get attracted by a project and actually now i can see a project being built you know what i mean it just seems to be putting the right pieces the right backroom staff getting the right recruitment in and um yeah i'm i'm, I'm hopeful for a good season this season and obviously on saturday beating fulham you know traditionally we we always stumble when we play the teams we should be beating, you know. And so it was nice to win a bit ugly on Saturday. Yeah, we should have.
1: Yeah, of course <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, but going back to David Moyes and what's happening there, I think he's got his, his game plan there. He's got yeah. his his pieces, as you say. It's just whether he's going to be allowed to, to get on with that. You know, there's always people mm. above or on the outskirts who can block those things. But if he's mm. left to do his thing, I think he'll be fine.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think we need that at the moment. You know, we need some stability. Obviously, you know, during your days, you had, you know, managers were there for a long time, um, and building like building sort of a succession plan and building, building, and building. But with chopping and changing of managers, not just at West Ham, but obviously the the modern day, you don't get that sort of. That sort of uh, you know almost like a historical you know it was like a succession plan wasn't it at west ham during the days where you know you had greenwood then you had lal and it was like and then lal was looking at people who could become coaches and stuff and you don't get that now it's almost chopping and changing all the time isn't it which is this is a shame really because um you don't get that sort of that sort of lineage Anymore now, which is um, which is awful. I don't enjoy it really because everything changes. New manager comes in, he brings all his new staff in, new players, and you just don't know where you are as a club, really. Unfortunately, Invar-
1: invariably that lasts for maybe two or three years, and then it all starts again.
0: Yeah, you know exactly.
1: So this going is- going back to my time with, when John Lyle was there, he 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 told me something. He probably told a lot of the players the same thing. He didn't change, but every three, two or three years, he would change certain players. He yeah. knew that it was time to get get them somewhere else and bring in other players so it, mm. the structure was always the same but it was just the the players changed slightly you know yeah. so John had a, a good game plan like that
0: yeah so there was like a common thread wasn't there you know he just the pieces would be interchangeable to keep keep that sort of story going isn't it the characters will change but yeah. the story and the outcome is the same um i mean i, I mean for, that, for those of you who are who are what's the word um Less experienced fans, that we'll call them less experienced fans. You might not know Tom's Tom's career particularly well, so we'll be going through it and talking about it. But obviously, Tom Tom joined um, in the early eighties, in eighty one, I believe. And what I usually do, Tom, is when we have fans come on, I ask why they become a West Ham fan. But for players, I ask why they became a West Ham player. So why? How did how did it hold all? How did the transfer? Um, you know, you signing for West Ham. How did that all start? What was the What was the story behind it?
1: Well, initially, to say why did I become a West Ham player, I think yeah. to use a modern phrase, it would be a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> and to have the chance and not take it, um, the situation was Russ. I I was treading water. I was in the third division with Swindon Town. I couldn't get a game. Yeah. So they loaned me out to Bristol Rovers for the last two months of the, that season, which coincidentally was the season that West Ham got promotion. Yeah. And Bristol Rovers were fighting relegation. Um, and West Ham were apparently going to sign the Bristol Rovers goalkeeper, a young lad, Phil Knight, I believe he was called. So they kept sending in Ernie Gregory, Uncle Ern, down to watch Bristol Rovers. But I was playing, and I was just having a the period there It was like playing for fun. Everything I did worked. Yeah. So on the last game of the season, we had to come to Upton Park. Uh, the Hammers had to win to win the championship, And we had to win to stay up. Well, Mm -hmm. it was only going to go one way, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But West Ham beat us 2-0. And that was the only game that the Rovers lost while I was there. So that was it. We were off on the bus back to Bristol. I went home to Swindon. My loan period at Bristol Rovers was up. I was back at Swindon under contract there. And I got a call on the Monday morning from the Swindon manager, a chap called John Trollope. To go in and speak to him so i went in see what was happening and he says i'm not sure if you'd be interested in this tom but we've had an offer from west ham if you would like to join them so i looked at this chat like unbelievable i said john i'm in the third division with you and i can get a game west ham and first division they want to sign me why are you asking me the question so you know that was it I, and then i uh, there was an arrangement to meet John um, in a hotel for yeah. lunch, and it went from there. Um, Brilliant. He, he didn't have to sell the club to me, obviously. No. He just had to tell me what what he expected from me, and it was a done deal within yeah. half an hour. Yeah. Fantastic,
0: fantastic, and obviously like me. Meet... Obviously... No, but say and obviously you know he said he, he took half an hour to really sort of iron everything out meeting you know obviously Miss, mr lyle and um, we've heard i've heard loads about him from from players and fans and stuff and what what was it about john that, that just i mean you already to be honest you it's a bit of a slam dunk in american terms weren't it in terms of you already wanting to sign for the club but obviously meeting john and um, sitting down with him um must have just tipped you over the edge really in terms of signing
1: there were, there, I think it's the first thing that came over, Rossi was his honesty. Yeah. That, that's, that's the first thing that came over. Um, his, his first opening comment to me was, hello, Tommy, you're taller than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we sat down, we had lunch with uh, one of the uh, Swindon town, I don't know, executives or something, someone sure. I knew from seffield So having a bit of banter, and John says, would you be interested in Tom? I says, yes. I says there's one little problem Mr. Lyle I says I mowed some money from Swindon town yeah. and this chaps as well you can you're going to West Ham you don't need it the conversation was going like that so John interrupted pay the boy his money whatever They got that sorted out he said come on then Tommy we'll go to the car and you can sign the contract so I went to the car sat down explained to me in terms of the contract, how long it was, what the salary yeah. would be, uh, bonus fees, etc., etc. And I says, yeah, lovely. Thank you. Give me the contract. So he handed me the contract and Russ, there was nothing on it. It was a blank contract. And I I, I said, but Mr. Lyle, there's no nothing, no figures on this. And he says, I've told you what you'll get, Tommy. I've told you the deal. Yeah. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I thought, yeah, I trust yeah. him. Trust them, Signed man. the contract. I didn't tell my wife when I'm home, <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't tell her to sign a blind contract, but yeah, so yeah. that was it. It was just came across immediately as an honest fella and you you knew what you would get and that's yeah. how it worked on huh? him
0: Fantastic. It's, 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 that must be also, it must be one of his one of these things you know just you know you trust me yeah you trust me now this is completely blank you're going to sign a blank contract and stuff like that that's that's incredible absolutely incredible mm-hmm. That the just the honesty that he could portray and you could like take that in you know and be yeah yeah i'll sign this contract. Sure. yeah absolutely brilliant and obviously you're moving obviously swindon back to swindon to you know to play for west ham and obviously you know then going back and telling your wife um <laughs> <laughs> not about the not about the contract, obviously. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, we we came to a, you know, that, that sort of period where we, we obviously West Ham were promoted, and there was the FA Cup final and stuff like that. Was was there any? What's the word i'm thinking about was was there any apprehension turning up training the first training session and it's obviously you know from swindon now you're now you're playing at west ham and it won the fa cup and stuff like that recently and uh yeah. all these sort of not superstars but all these sort of players now um what was it like going in the first training session at january uh, it, it it
1: was it, it, it was quite strange to be back in in a club at that level um, sure. but bearing in mind i you know i'd been a professional footballer from 17. Of course. and course I, I played in the old first division with chefs i was quite well experienced mm. but the moment i walked into Chadwell Heath about half past nine in the morning john says hi introduced me to the staff got me a cup of tea i sat down and and he says uh tommy i want you to meet ray ray stewart he says he'll yeah. take care of you everything yeah. you want ask him and from that was it Ray. T- you know he was my buddy all the way through Uh, and every player that came in uh, they were amazing you know it wasn't they were the they were those players and i was some second class player coming in they just took me as i was it was fine really really nice bunch of chaps
0: yeah exactly and i mean you know and as we, when we just before we started recording you know we were talking about we would go to the, talk about the 11 a bit later on but you know you said you know looking back at just the, the caliber and the number of fantastic players that you played with i mean you was there from 81 to 89 i believe yeah that that was you know in terms of the modern west ham history that was our pomp really wasn't it we had the 83 84 season 85 86 and and you know, unfortunately, you know, it's it's like you know, because I was I was going through all the all the stats, and obviously that eighty four eighty five season where you know you were you were you were really good, yeah, that's, that was that was a great season, and then you got injured just in the April, and and very similar to Billy, actually, you missed that whole eighty five eighty boys of eighty six season, didn't you? Unfortunately, um, yeah. I think it was wasn't it two years? I think it was literally two years to the day. I think you I think you got injured on the eighth of eighth of April. And I think you played the next game, it was the Arsenal game, 8th of April, two years later. What's that like being out for such a long
1: period? Um, In most, uh, to be honest, my experience, Russ, at other clubs, it'd be annoying. I think that's the best word. Um, But there there it was fine. For some reason, you know, you you knew that you were still being treated fairly. You were still appreciated. And if the opportunity arose or the need arose, you would be back playing where you hoped to be. So when you're injured, you're frustrated, Um, Mm. but when you're fit again and can't get in the side for various reasons, it's annoying, but there it it didn't enter my mind, you know? It sort of took me back to the initial reason I was taken there was to be an understudy to Phil. But you know, obviously after having played for a while, you think, well, I'm I'm slightly better than that, but it was still a case of accepting the scenario. Again, it goes back to John because if you know if the circumstances were right john would put me in mm.
0: if the
1: opportunity arose so i was fine with that
0: yeah, yeah. and it's sort of like you know obviously because it was like so 84 85 and then obviously then like you had 87 88 where you played i think you only missed one game as well so it's almost like you were you and phil were doing this you know sort of t- tag teaming each other for the seasons and uh i mean it's it's you know obviously i did I did a little bit of research when I was when I was looking at it. I was looking at eighty four eighty five season, and I and I saw the uh, the penalty save it, the Watford game. You know, because Graham Taylor's team were flying then, and you saved uh, Sterling's penalty, didn't you? Or Sterling's penalty, and um, and also was it the was it the Chelsea game where there was I think it was Colin Lee. You saved the penalty, rebound was scored. The ref then made it to be taken and exactly the same thing happened again. Um that was that was a that was a great season for you personally, wasn't it the 84-85 season, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um those type of seasons f- when things are going well for you, you yeah the season just flows. You know you're enjoying it, you're having fun, you're taking it serious, but you have seemed to have the other thing in the back of your head that whatever you're trying to do is going to happen. And I suppose yeah. that's the same for any outfield player as well. You know, sure. if it's going well they're enjoying it and you're not worried about the next game and like then so it was good you know periods like that are fine
0: yeah good. it is i know what you mean it, yeah you saw that you said you know they can and it's it's same with teams isn't it sometimes teams just have the luck so um so you have that luck don't you where you, you know everything just falls for you down at the moment so um that was definitely that period and Obviously, you know, we. I mean, as I said, you know, for some people, for those people are not less educated, they're wrong, but they're less experienced. Obviously, the eighty the 83, 84, we were sort of riding high as a club and we just fell by the wayside and finished ninth. Obviously, everyone knows about 85, 86. Um, and it just seemed to be, you know, a really, a really sort of really good period for West Ham in terms of league success, you know, because we were sort of riding high and it was really, you know, I was unfortunately it wasn't sort of, wasn't really following football at the time. I was able about four or five. Sorry, John. Sorry, everybody. Tom, at the time, you know, um, but it was. But going yes. back, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But looking back at it, um, obviously for the highlights and stuff. Now it's a, it's a, it was a, it was a great time, as you said, in terms of West Ham, and you know. Mr. Mr. Law was the person who who made it, wasn't it? In terms of that, but as you said, the characters, you know, you had some real characters. I mean, obviously, you know, they just seemed to be a, a constant procession of characters, wasn't there? So they brought new mm. new blood every sort of couple of seasons, and uh, each one sort of carried on with the last one carried off, really, wasn't it? In terms, of, what was yes. the what was the dressing room like? It must have been a, a real good, fun dressing room, I think, of those characters.
1: Yes, yeah, so it, it it was a happy dressing room. Um, as and go back. For a moment there and say even the players that thought they should have been in or were not in the team they were still part of it um and yeah it was full of different sorts of people you know you had um billy who you know bonzo he walked in he wasn't the the most chatty over loud person but you knew he was there and if he had something to say or whatever then you had your you know the dev didn't you know just wouldn't shut up he was always coming out with, <laughs> with jokes like that you know and you'd get somebody who would always bounce off him uh Tonka Ray Stewart he always has something to say but it was most, more like grumpiness you know but it was great it was a really really good place to be absolutely yeah. yeah and the one thing I can say um unless I've forgotten I never saw players fall out or have arguments in the train on the training ground in the tr- uh, the changing room or on a match day, you know? Nobody turned around and pointed fingers or blamed somebody for this or something for that. It was just, everybody was in it together, and that's the way it was.
0: And that was important, and you got that sense of team spirit. I mean, even now, you know, obviously everyone sort of seems to be in contact with each other and stuff like that. And it's it's again, it's it's indicative of of, of football at that time where people would stay around for a, a fair whack of time, wouldn't they? Not just the managers, but the players as well. You know, we had um, we had Reg on, and um, Reg was saying he's he's every I think he was there for eleven years or something. like Every year bar one was a testimonial year and um and that just breeds that togetherness that team spirit isn't it and um it, you just get a real sense of that when you talk about people who have played in in your era at west ham they've all they've all got that togetherness and as you said like the tonka and you know and you know you probably still chat to them all and i know that obviously you know we know len old len Herbert, bless him and uh and he does all the you know the the, the evenings when we can go back and do evenings would be good so it's great all, all you guys still sort of you know converse with one of that i mean i don't see that now in the modern day do you know what i mean (laughs) i wouldn't see in about 30 years time felipe anderson turning up to the frinton golf club and doing an evening (laughs) or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i I think you're right there but but i think that goes down to the the modern football players they know they maybe do two years at one place and they know they're going to move on um so there's not the time there to develop those relationships uh, right. as, as it was back in the day with us you know so yeah, yeah. i think the modern day game's got a lot to do with
0: that yeah it has yeah, it has, you know the money in the game and 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 i think you know it's it, obviously with that money it becomes a career doesn't it rather than a passion um, And i you know yeah obviously you're you're earning money of course you know and do it for free but it it, it just breeds a different type of person uh, and I think you do get and then you get people like Mark Noble, for example, who is an exception to the rule in the modern day. He was he would have been one of many in 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 your era, say to speak, in terms of ten years at a club and one man clubs and things like that, where now he's almost the exception to the rule. And it's a shame because I just think it's not just the players, but I think it's it's the fans as well. They never really have been able to get a bond of a player because we know they're probably going to leave after about three, two or three seasons, isn't it? Where it's, said, people like yourself, people like you said, Phil and, and Ray, all those, they're still revered when they come back to London stadium and, or even the, the, the evening things that you guys do. So it's, it's not just the players, but I think it's the fans. And I think that's something which is a shame because I think the modern fan misses out on that. That's my, that's my personal, I, I have, I go on my high horse when I talk about that. Even sort of for me, my, my, my sort of, my sort of era was the more sort of mid 90s early to mid 90s and so even that you know for me ian bishop and john moncur and pete butler and people like that ludo they were sort of my you know they were there for a long time as well it's the same thing but then on it went downhill a bit but uh, but that's the thing let's let's go on to this 11 because i know you've been struggling with this um tom because (laughs) as you as you said you know eight nine years the club a lot of good players have come come and gone in that time and stayed at some was still still there when you was was playing all the way through so um the the only rule we 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 invoke is you must have of play you know it's the players you've played with basically so um as you said you know there's a, there's a whole raft of players so I can see I can see there's a bit of sweat dripping down your Tommy you know worrying about some of these decisions but apart from that you can talk about whoever you want but uh, obviously you can do my honourable mentions as well so I'm sure there will be some um let's let's start off let's start off in goal then Tom who's going to be in goal for the Tom eleven.
1: Well, it's not going to be me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as, if the, as there were only two of us there, it's Phil. Um, yeah, I can. Uh, I've read, I've read passages, and I've heard people say you couldn't replace. You know, you couldn't be in a club with Phil without him playing. You know, he was. Yeah, he was the best goalkeeper I've ever been associated with. So yeah, Phil's there without a doubt.
0: And obviously, you know we know the goalkeeper union and everything like that obviously you you know you train together and stuff so you know you probably had a stronger bond with phil than probably most any, any of the other player really because you were there all the time with phil and as you said training each day and competing with one another and obviously when one was injured the other took over and stuff it was um it must have been a a, a lovely relationship to have because although you're competing you're still part of the same team isn't it really in terms of how it works
1: that's correct um the, the the playing with it it was a good relationship but the, the competition thing sort of went to the back of the head sure but i didn't i didn't look on it as competition i just looked on it as working with someone uh learning from someone um i think he also appreciated that there was somebody behind him that, yes. that could do it could do a job mm. so it wasn't so much the competition it was just an acceptance that if one of us whoever was in deserved to be in and I certainly didn't think I deserved to be in when Phil was fit um sure. he, he was the he was the player yeah sure but, sure
0: sure you know? yeah no totally that makes that's, that's a really honest way of, of saying it tom uh, I really appreciate that right Okay, okay. So Mr. Parks is in, um, and because also you know that, that if you play, there'd be 101. and I quite like the fact that you it was on the hundred. That's that's really unusual on the on the full number. So um, <laughs> when I counted them, I was like, right, I've got to redo it because you know because everyone always feels like you know Potsy was four nine nine and and uh, and Billy was like six nine. You know everyone finishes on an odd number, but it was like bang on a hundred. Oh, fair play. Um, right, okay, Tom. Um Are we going to play four at the back, or are we going to do something? That, what's up to you?
1: Rush, that's the only way I know. Good. That's, <laughs> you know that's, it, I am, that's it. I'm old school. Right, let's go um, left yeah. back.
0: Who would be left back? F- this back. would be interesting.
1: Um, again, some of the players that were there when I was there, and I yeah. maybe only played a handful of games, uh, don't deserve to be left out. But again, the only person I can put in there is Frank. Yeah. You know, he was there when he was there when I joined, he was there when mm-hmm. I was playing. And he was there, when I left, and I just think, yeah, put him in there without a doubt. Yeah, because so you would have played.
0: There. You played a handful of games with Julian, if I remember, towards the end of your of your time at West Ham, wouldn't it as well? So, um, but as you said, Frank was there, and Frank's one of those players. I, you know, I'm, I'm. It's one of my new my new sort of. Um, no, I, don't, I can't remember the word. My, main, my brain's gone to mush, but it's one of my new things. I want to try and get some more recognition for Frank because he doesn't seem, he's never, he's always, he's not, you know, considering how many games he played for West Ham and and, and the period he played for West Ham, you know, he, he doesn't get the recognition he deserves, I don't think, in the modern day because maybe because of his son and, you know, connotations so, yeah. and stuff, but... It's a shame because the man was was West Ham through and through, and you know to play, you know as many games as he did, and not have that sort of recognition outside of people who are, you know, because obviously I know about you know Bobby Moore and Billy Bonds and all that type of, but Frank Lampard senior is almost seen as not the afterthought, but it's like a, you know, he's the next one down, and that, he should be up there with them guys. And um, yeah, and, absolutely. And, I
1: think I think Ross, if I could maybe uh, shed a little bit of light on sure. that. I don't think Frank would be annoyed with me. He wasn't the one who interacted a lot with the with yep. his, the fact. Frank yep. was a private, you know, he, he did it, he came to work, did his training, um, played his football, and kept himself more off the field, kept himself to himself. Um yeah. quite quite a private person, maybe surprised a few people. But perhaps that's why um in hindsight he doesn't quite get the recognition that a lot of a lot of the other players got yeah, but he yeah. certainly deserves it you
0: know? yeah. yeah interesting yeah no, no i didn't done that but that's that's useful to know um you're right it might might be just the interaction thing you could be saying because I, I think that's the same in, in the modern day for example we've got um I look at two, two, two cents. I look at uh, James Collins and Winston Reed. Both, both played roughly the same amount of time at West Ham, but everyone sort of, and everyone sort of talks about Winston Reed. But everyone talks about James Collins, you know, because he's, and it might be because he was, you know, the the passion and, and you know, where Winston Reed was, you know, he was New Zealand, a little bit less, a little bit more reserved and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's interesting how how the interaction with the fans sort of emily hates in terms of how you know they they're considered in in the future and stuff but um yes yeah, interesting but about frank lampard if, it, if I, I can
1: just if i can just add a little anecdote okay. onto that um frank being frank although he didn't interact with him the fans thought he was you know he was what he was he was yeah if, if he says something happened and i played a match at coventry and i liked playing at coventry it was a nice ground and yeah. i was at the west ham end and the crowd upton park very close to you Mm -hmm. and i recall this time i took a cross coming from the left wing so the right back position i crossed it and frank's at the opposite side of me he shouted at me tom throw it so i turned around and i went to throw the ball to him and he just laughed and walked away and i'm (laughs) stunned not knowing what to do with it because it's half in and half out (laughs) <laughs> and I, so I bounced it and caught it in the crowd. we going, yeah. Go on, Frank. You tell him off and you do this, you know. So they knew, you know. He, he sort of had a quiet interaction with the supporters, yeah. but if he did something or said something, they were on his side. You yeah, know?
0: They, of course so it's they were.
1: A bit of fun at my expense, but that was yeah. all right. Yeah.
0: but that's the thing and it's about you know and 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 again you know it's one of the things that i think i I miss slightly in terms of the modern day football is having a laugh do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's so serious football is now of course the money and stuff it makes it so serious little things like that little jokes during the game Mm -hmm. it just it's we need to be entertained at the moment don't we with everything that's going on in the world so it's yeah yeah, so right okay we put frank senior in left back let's go the other side let's go the right back i could probably guess who your right back's gonna be
1: well, I don't think um, <laughs> again with all the all the players that are around, some will be dis not disappointed. It's only my choice, but there's only Ray, you know. Yeah. From the yeah. d- day one to the day I left, um, Ray Stewart was one of the, the best players I played with there. Yeah. Was yeah.
0: Top guy. Top guy. So, and and absolutely. and and even now, you know, it's just like. You know he's, he's a he's a lovely bloke and he's just a, you yeah know, as you said he so to speak yeah John you know he was your if you wanted anything go to Ray type thing and yeah. and so you obviously had that had that bond as well with him so uh, lovely guy he was, well. um,
1: Ray was a hundred mile an hour player in person on the pitch yeah. at hundred mile an hour he couldn't stop talking he was always up and down and off the pitch he couldn't stand still there was always he was always doing something he was out he was doing something phoning you up to go somewhere. You know it was it was just a, a bundle of energy but yeah. one hell of a player a really yeah, definitely. good
0: one yeah. and and considering we, we've been talking about penalties recently obviously uh lookman's um pe- penalty against us on on saturday that's how you take a penalty out tonk used to take a penalty in it yeah yeah <laughs> i i know what yeah carry
1: on. sorry no
0: you you carry on go on you carry on tom go on
1: i i think um going all the way back to the very beginning the match I played at Upton Park when they got promotion, I think their second goal was a penalty. Yeah. And Tonker took it. So I knew what it was all about after that. But yeah, he had no fear with that, you know. And the one thing I don't recall, uh Russ, he was ever practicing penalties in training. Really? I don't recall him. Yeah. You know, he would never say, Tom or Phil, can you line up for 20 minutes while I practice penalties? It, it was just a natural thing to him, you know. Yeah. Which is... Um, Quite a, quite a wonderful thing yeah oh,
0: definitely but no one does that anymore no one just hits it do you know what i mean now penalties everyone's all t- place it or tries to dink it or places it where you know even and he you know even after tom come, julian he the same thing would just hit it as hard as he could and if the goalkeeper's in the way poor goalkeeper wasn't it really but uh yeah. that's why he needs to take penalties particularly but yes, okay. I don't care because we've got three points out of it. So it's all right then. <laughs> as long as Mark <laughs> Nable doesn't do that, I don't care. I don't think he would. Right, let's go into the center half position then. Tom, who would your first centre-half be?
1: Um, well, when I played there, obviously Billy was – Billy played centre-half with me. Now, yeah. it was, I was informed after after I left, actually, that when uh, I was being interviewed for, for his book, that he was actually a midfield player, that he started his career in midfield um but by the time i got there it was center half and man what a center half he was yeah. you know um if the if a tackle had to be made it was made if it had to be headed had to be headed um yeah. it was it was just there He was he was like a rock um and i remember on my debut he, he said to me good luck tommy he says but the only thing i'll say to you if i can head that ball you stay on your line um <laughs> I'll I'll deal with it because I I in my career for what it's worth I was very good and very comfortable in crosses in sure. any part of the eighteen yard box. That's what I was brought up as. Yeah. Um, but that was his opening gambit to me as I walked out of the dressing room. If I can head it, you stay on your line and I'll head brilliant. it. And I thought that's fair enough for me, Billy. I'm not arguing with you. That, and that's how that's it was. Good. Yeah. But, and um, just brilliant. Yeah, wonderful but he could play as well yeah. and the thing is one of the things that always sticks in my mind he was like a a minder for, for sir trevor yeah if anybody ever touched trev um the rest of the players could take take care of themselves but they wouldn't do it twice you would see <laughs> Bonds would go up have a quiet word in the person's ear and if they did it again they were mad but invariably they, they wouldn't tackle trevor again because you know billy always had his back um and i think that's that was a that was just an exceptional thing that in those days you know um trevor wasn't a tackler he wasn't a violent physical person but yeah, billy always had his back so that's something else that stuck out with me with him yeah, yeah. exactly
0: and and that's that's the thing you know with billy you know he just seems he just seemed to be this guy who, you know, he was just totally dependable, and and obviously he was Mr West Ham, and you know, playing into his sports early forties, and still, you know, being the fittest man on the pitch. Um, just an incredible human being. He just seemed to be an incredible human being, and and again, very quiet man off the pitch by all accounts, you know, and you know, very family man and and stuff like that, which is. Um, which surprises some people, doesn't it? Because they're so ferocious on the pitch. And then yes, as soon as they yeah. off the line, that's I'm going, going back to the kids now. It's like, you know,
1: fair enough. That's, that's one thing I do remember about Billy, and I respected <laughs> him. He was, he was he was a family man. He was a private yeah. person. Um, Occasionally we'd talk about his girls, but, you know, if he did his training, anything he had to do after that, he did it, but he was always home to his family. You know, he was a yeah. um, very family-oriented yeah. person
0: lovely stuff okay we'll put billy in who's billy gonna partner in that center back position then who's gonna who's gonna be that sort of rock to go with billy
1: you know there are as i keep coming back to Russ. there's players there, there's gary strada that came in after a while paul hilton yep. a very very underestimated center half great player fabulous fun but you know if you've got an england international playing alongside somebody then it's got to be alvin hasn't it yeah you know yeah it, it as i say it's difficult but i can only go off at the time and the place um and alvin giant of a center half good player and an england international so that he's in there along alongside billy
0: yeah, yeah that's 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 a solid pairing isn't
1: it <laughs> God, when it when it was working it was working yeah you know? um and it invariably was working it didn't mean mm. we won every game or didn't lose any goals but yeah, again, you have to remember there were good players up against them, but they were oh, of
0: course. Uh, a good two-some, a good 2 yeah. in hand. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, right. We'll put, we'll put, uh, put Sir Alvin in. Um, right. So let's move into midfield then, Tom. Um, we're gonna, we should, what, what, four in midfield?
1: Four midfield. Yeah. i, I So that's what I'm used to. Two yeah,
0: wide, and two Just, in the middle. Yeah. That's it. Okay. We'll go, let's go left, left, mid, left wide, left wide, left midfield, left wing, whatever you want to call it. Who should you put on there then, Tom? <laughs>
1: Is there, any, is there any doubt or any argument that it would be Alan Devonshire?
0: No, I was about to say, I could yeah. probably guess yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs> what it's an incredible player.
1: Just a fabulous player. Um, it, it was, I I, I, I I used to just watch him, the five of sides that we played indoors or on the training pitch, just give him the ball and you might as well have yeah. just walked away because whatever he wanted to do, he did it with that ball, you know. Yeah. It was just amazing. Um, a talent. Uh, I, I have no understanding why he didn't get picked for England. Is more than I think he did get picked. But
0: yeah, in yeah, that maybe
1: he would have been in there all the time, you know. But maybe yeah. it's because he was such an individual. You had, to, I think, you had to play with Al to understand him, um, because you knew, give him the ball, and you knew what was going to happen. But if, mm. I think if he played against him or watched him you just think what's he doing but he knew what he was doing he was, yeah. Yeah, he was just just amazing amazing yeah. what a funny a, lad yeah you know nice lad yeah he had for the talent he had no ears and graces absolutely none you yeah. know he was so then again he, he came from non-league football where
0: yeah.
1: you learn your roots and mm. everything after that everything's a bonus you know yeah. so yeah
0: yeah top guy uh, top guy you, you
1: couldn't have you couldn't have a west ham team of that era not a devon I mean. oh
0: no 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 and then and and that's and that's something which I, again i've learned having done this channel is obviously i've been watching a load of a load of sort of you know games in sort of that that sort of era and, and and someone like alan devonshire you know doing what he was doing on absolute you know sand pitches you know it's like <laughs> bogs of us bogs of grounds and stuff like that could you imagine imagine him unlike the bowling green of london stadium what he could do there and how much money he'd be worth now you know five thousand pounds we paid for him at the time um incredible incredible
1: seems like a nonsense doesn't it yeah um, it really does he can't Um, get i used to i I used to see him in indoor at chaddle heath on the astroturf yes similar to the pitches they play on nowadays yes it would have just been, it would have been horrendous for defenders They just <laughs> i think that they just walked off the pitch there's uh, yeah. no point, <laughs> you know. no point really.
0: <laughs> trent trent no alexander arnold now nah, i'm all right mate i'm done i'm done here, But yeah <laughs> that's brilliant man and it's like and it's just like i think someone like with someone like devonshire it's like you know i've really sort of it's become a real education doing this like watching these players like doing the season highlights and things like that and obviously you know a lot of it was you know there was a lot of tv a lot of tv coverage as well there because was sort of the blackout coverage as well which is a shame because a lot of the stuff which you know typically west ham were doing really well was as much reading really coverage as there should have been but uh yeah dev and he's a top guy top bloke we've had him on and to be honest tom you know yeah, you, you know, I, I was I was very impressed how quickly you know no problem at all getting set up for this today, Dev. Oh, <laughs> I had his wife on the phone. I had he, you know, got to press a link with that oh, good old Dev. God bless him. Right, okay, we'll put Dev on the left. Let's go with the other wing. Let's go on the right. Who's going to be right midfield then, Tom?
1: Uh, now this this has caused me a problem. This really <laughs> has because I've got to get a player in that midfield, right? Um and he's not a right winger, but yep. if you asked him to play there, he would. Now, I, I played um, with Mark Ward, um, yep. who was outstanding for the beginning, you know, all the time he was there, but his first season, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, there's There are players there I just, I don't want to mention because I'm embarrassed to not have them there. <laughs> um, and this player, people just say, well, why are you putting him on the right wing because it's the only place I can fit him in. And that, would Jeff, and that would be Jeff Pike. Oh Pikey, because, yeah. Um, all the time I was there, Pikey was just it was just like an engine. If you asked him to do anything, he'd do it. Um, yeah. he was up and down, he could tackle, he could score a goal It was just the what you would call the workhorse of yes. that team. Yeah. Um and I I wouldn't say he was underrated because I think he was very well appreciated. But yeah. I, I I would struggle for the players I played with over a period of time not to have them in the team. Mm. But okay. because my two centre midfield players, I can't leave them out either. So <laughs> um <laughs> this, this is this is hard work. Nah, so going to, I'm going to have to put Jeff out there. So yeah. maybe make um I don't know, shuffle the,
0: yeah. the numbers yeah. around to
1: a modern yeah. day team, you know. So I would put Jeff out there because I could not have I'm not in the side,
0: and you know it's really interesting. With with like with players like Jeff Pike and um and even like sort of you know if we go throughout sort of the the sort of generations, Jeff Pike and then um Pete Butler in sort of the, the, the mid '90s, and then Hayden Mullins in the early two thousands. They're the type of players that when I interview guys like yourselves, they always put them in Pikey, mm-hmm. or it might be will be um you know similar you know, I had like people like Luke Chadwick put like Hayden Mullin's right back because he was just so integral to the team but then from the fans perspective they don't get in the team because yeah. Maybe because they are the more workhorse. You know, they're the more, they're, they're always a seven out of ten, seven, eight out of ten. They're nothing, you know, they're not, not scored, but they did score some, I mean, Pikey scored that goal with him Waldy, when he gets Man United, where they claimed it was a trading ground incident, but it wasn't, it was a, it was a fluke. <laughs> but, and someone like Jeff Pike as well, uh, he's exactly that type of person, isn't it? He? He's, uh, as you said, he'll just run and run and run, do the job, not, not a glamorous player, but you need people who are going to do their job. And Pikey was one of them, that's for sure. Um James we've had him on as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and a top block, you know, but yeah. He was always there if you wanted to talk to somebody about something or anything at all. You know, Pikey. He, he was a nice fella and a yeah. and a, a very good player. Underestimated yeah, but very good, in my definitely. opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, let's move the central midfield players. You've got two of them. Who's your first one? Then you can't leave out.
1: Wow, it's a Trevor, isn't it? You know, <laughs> I think any, anybody who played with trevor it's an honor to start with yeah. um and, and just amazing to be on a pitch watching him do what he watching him do what he did how he did what he did is beyond my imagination <laughs> you know it's um i I've, I've seen him play for a large part of a match never touch the ball
0: really
1: but but he's always you know what he did he'd run with the ball without touching it he'd put people to go the wrong way without touching the ball you just thought, what's he actually done on there? But he was just an incredible. You know, he was just an incredible person. And when he did touch the ball, it was just like it was magic. You yeah. know, he, the, the passes, the little dribbly bits, everything about him. He just had. If he was on that pitch, you knew you were playing with someone very, very special. Yeah, and you couldn't. You know, it. Obviously, the recognition he's had. Speaks for itself. So I mean, I can't say any more. I can't add into that. Yeah. Nobody would have a West Ham team of that era without Trevor. No. I mean, they think, no, no, think they were mad. Too. You know, you have to be crazy. Um, totally. So yeah, so Trevor.
0: So Trevor. And again,
1: he, he was a very, very quiet. Not no, hmm. he wasn't actually as quiet off the pitch as people think he was. He had a, a subtle sense of humour. He could say something and just let it hang there, and you know, turn away and everything. Yeah, you know that was funny, or that was you know cute. Yeah, and off the pitch. Coincidentally, his his daughter was in the same class as my daughter at school um for a couple of years during GCSEs. Oh, so I used to see him outside the City of London School um and the Barbican, you know, waiting to pick our daughters up from school. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's coinc. You know, oh, funny. It, it was, it was I love nice. stuff like that. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> just just little <laughs> anecdotes.
0: Yeah, a little, little wave, yeah, little wave, a little wave, a pick up. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Well, I... <laughs> Let's put Sir Trevor in. Okay, who's the next midfield, a central midfield player? The second one you can't leave out. Then.
1: Okay, well, when I went to West ham I was putting the in the reserves um to nurture and help bring through the young players, and diff- and some of the players I played with in the reserve team that went on to do unbelievable things, you know. Um Ray Houghton, but he didn't yeah. get West Ham. Let him go. Um the other one was Paulins, you know. I saw Paul from being a schoolboy right through. Um he played with me in the first team and he was like a lion. He was just when he was on, he was on. A bit yeah. sulky, but I, you can't argue. Look what he went on to do, you know, it's Italy, and Manchester United, yeah. etc. Um, but the one I'm putting in there. And again it's a bit like billy bonds and the trevor if you've got a legend in this club a legend you've got to put in and i was fortunate enough to be there when they brought liam brady oh yes now this might i don't know if surprises people or not they might forget because he was only there for a couple of seasons but liam i think if you put him in any club he was a magician He. Hmm. I don't think I could pick a team and justify to myself not putting Miam in there, having played having played with him, and seen him as a man, watched what his talents were, and his well his reputation, you know. Yeah. So he's he's had to be in. That's why I had to push Jeff out there because you know. I couldn't, put Liam, Liam would come and get me if I put him on the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it, it, it's a luxury would to have, I mean, to have Liam Brady and Trevor Brooking in the centre. Yeah. Together. You know, that's like a fantasy football team. But then again, that's what this is, I think, to a degree. Yeah, of
0: course it, it is. Yeah.
1: So it's set, be, it's practical because I played with them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yes, and Liam. you'd be first of match of the day, wouldn't you? <laughs>
1: Just with those two.
0: You can imagine <laughs> Gary Hinnicker introducing them to again. But yeah, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tasty midfield too. Um, right, okay, then Tom, let's go up front. So, who's your first striker then?
1: Well, when I arrived, um, they had Paul Goddard. And yep. Paul, Paul Goddard, that not go back again. I'm reminiscing to that game at Upton Park. He scored the first goal against me. Um, so, Paul Sarge was there. Um, he was a part of the group of. The west london you know, dev park yeah. sarge they all came together so he an, an exceptionally talented striker but i wasn't i didn't play with him for long enough yeah he was in when i wasn't maybe a couple of games i played with him um so i think the the, the top two name themselves for when i played you know um tony cotty you know he's yeah. just prolific i uh, don't think there can be many better strikers who play there. I'm mm. I'm not a historian. I'm not a West Ham historian, but I would imagine there weren't that many strikers who could outclass Tony on that yeah. level.
0: No. Tony's Tony's the historian, isn't he? Tony's a stat man. He's just like, oh, yeah. he's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um
1: not the he was a young lad when, when I was there. Yes. Um so it wasn't the easiest to no, I'm not this isn't detrimental to him. <laughs> Opinionated. You know what yeah. he did he he was right and you know it, invariably it was i i've been in some situations where you know somebody's told me to do something it's just no i'm doing it my way but yeah. you can argue with them you know because his stats, statistics and his goals you know he wouldn't run all over the park for you but that wasn't his job his job was no. to get the ball in the back of the net and yeah. there weren't many better certainly i didn't play with any better than him at west ham no definitely so he's, even yeah, now. and
0: and and he's and, and again, you know, we, we we he's talking about someone. Someone mentioned Tony Cotty in there at the Fan Eleven, and we were talking about how nowadays that sort of role that TC played, that sort of you know eighteen yard striker, basically, you can look through the modern day, and we don't have them anymore now. Do you know what I mean? It's always like you look at someone like Vardy. He's not your eighteen eighteen yards. You know, Danny Ings not anymore. You know, Mikel Antonio. You know, all these. Harry Kane, you know, they're, they're more forwards than strikers now, isn't it? And so, um, you sort of miss that fox in the box that we always used to like, and everyone used to have big man, little man, and so yeah, it's it's changed, isn't it, in terms of, the, that's the idea of this, looking back and seeing how football's changed, and it's definitely changing that perspective as well. Um,
1: Tony had a designated job, and that was to put the ball in the net. Exactly. And that was it, and if he did that, you know, a goalkeeper's job to keep it out of the net.
0: Yeah, you
1: know? so simple that if you break it down like that
0: that's it's simple yeah it is yeah and it's it's the same now i mean you look at say dev and his pomp you know you, know, you don't get those old-fashioned old-fashioned strikers but the traditional strikers uh, wingers rather who sort of stay on the wing just beat their man and cross it in and and you know but you know it will all play on the left and they're right footed and all oh, right that's something i don't hate um but you know it's it's Something like football can be a really simple game. I think we complicate it so often
1: by it's, playing. It is a simple game.
0: It is, you know. It is, yeah. But uh right, okay, T C who's do I need to ask who T C is gonna partner up front based on the way you've been describing it? <laughs>
1: not not really, no. Um I think his his partners is the person who supplied a lot of his goals and scored yeah. a lot of his is Frank, you know, yeah. Frank macabeni It's um he he was completely different character to tony um different character to most of us really but (laughs) he could play you know um he he scored his goals but he could he could play football as well um but an individual very much an individual he 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 could actually you know frank was one of those players who would play to a structure if he was asked to play to a structure whereas tony you know his job is score goals so yeah and between the two of them they were unstoppable um yeah. they were a partnership you know it was like they're both one half of a banana you know and they just stuck together mm-hmm. uh, yeah so frank and tony up front i don't think anybody from that era could argue with those two
0: no you know, no 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 so. no definitely not definitely not and uh and that and that's it you'd have to worry about it. you've done it now tom it's all done so you'd have to
1: all i've got to <laughs> all i've got to do now is change my phone number and <laughs> <laughs> For
0: all the ones that have left out, yeah, just move. Yeah, it's easy enough, in it? Now uh, they can't come around your house anymore, so you know they're stuck in, they're locked in for three I'm weeks. They'll for forget. While, yeah. yeah, they'll forget yeah. by then, you know. Come, it's, it's Christmas then. Um, no, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been really, thank you really, for inviting really me fun.
1: All. I've enjoyed it, absolutely yeah. fun.
0: Thank you so much, and obviously, thank you to everyone for watching as well. Um, whether you've been on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, whether it's, you know, on Spotify, on podcast, give it a share, give it a like. Um, and until me uh, next time, for me and Tom, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Come on your wines, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.